Are you working on your author career, but struggling to get that first book published? Does the goal of being an author seem too lofty? Or thoughts of having multiple books and making a full-time living are as fantastical as living in Cinderella's castle? Welcome to Discovered Wordsmiths, a podcast where aspiring authors can be heard. Join Steven Schneider as he finds and talks to authors you may not know, but authors that have gotten their foot on the author career path. Hear what they've done to get there and where they want to go now. Settle back. It's time for a bit of inspiration and advice. Come listen to today's Discovered Wordsmith. All right, let's do some author talk. So before we get on to our topic, you've been writing for a while and you wrote fiction and now some nonfiction. So what are some things that you have learned that you're doing differently than when you started? Okay. When I started out writing fiction, I was very much by the book. Everything was, I would take a class and I would follow the rules and it was holding me back. And what I've learned to do is trust myself. And now, although I will still outline, because so for a thriller, it would be plotting, right? I'm plotting a little bit outlining, but for nonfiction, you really have to have everything figured out. You can't just go by the wayside because just go in circles and write in a circle because you're never going to get the point across. It's a little bit more structured and needs to be. So I've taken what I've learned from plotting thrillers and what works for me and my voice and translating that into nonfiction by doing something very similar, completely different content. But I really need to make sure that my book is outlined before I even write a word because it for nonfiction, it's a very specific message you're sending and you want to make sure that somebody's getting out of it what you intend. And so it, just going through that process in writing thrillers, I had to translate that over to nonfiction. And just having exercised that for so many years was really helpful. Also, the casual conversation, writing in a casual way, like I'm speaking to the reader, very helpful in nonfiction. It's easy to get bogged down in science and data and facts. And I think you've got to be able to translate that so like anybody who's reading it will understand. And so that was so helpful for me. And just being, just learning all of those things about writing and the art of writing and the craft of writing, it works what, no matter what you're writing. It works you're obviously not doing character development in a nonfiction right, right. book, but you're still telling a story. There's an element of storytelling. A lot of my nonfiction is telling my story and why this is important and what I learned and how it can be translated for the reader. So there were a lot of things that kind of actually did work from just years of training and editing and taking classes in fiction. Nice. Yeah. Something we could talk a little bit more about in a bit. But the skills you learned in one translated to help with the other. And you even mentioned your nonfiction trying to do it in a narrative fashion. And I think that's a not trend necessarily, but I think more nonfiction is doing that nowadays. It's not so cut dried business like they're making it in the story, making it accessible for people. I think that's a big thing that's changing in the nonfiction. Absolutely. Okay. So what software and services do you use? So I use Vellum. I also use Scrivener. I have, so a Scrivener is really where I was using, writing my fiction. So I still do a little bit in there, but I really have trans, Vellum is really the product that will produce the book. But I also like writing in there because I feel like it gives me a visual. I'm very visual with things. So I need to see what my cover is going to look like. That motivates me. I want to see the chapters. I want to see what they're going to look like. And that just, 
it's almost as if when I plot it out and I put everything in vellum, because it is showing you what the book's going to look like, that the book is already written. Even though I haven't written it yet, I have my chapters, it gives, it pushes me forward. It's already done. So you have to finish it. It's just a psychological thing, a trick I play on myself to get through it. But absolutely, Vellum, I love. I always, Scrivener will always be my tried and true writer software. I do work with people, people make, people that make this book world thing happen. I have an author assistant who helps me with everything from my website to proofing my book to getting it up on the platforms. I also work with an editor, of course, and it's a little bit different for nonfiction, but I have an editor who has written technical nonfiction, who writes thrillers also, who understands me. And you get, you have to have somebody who gets you also, because a lot of editing is asking questions. What are you trying to say? What, where is this going? I think you need more information. Like you want the editor to ask the right questions, not just edit it for line edits. So I have somebody who knows me so we can have conversations and she can push me. And I never feel like defensive. I just, I want to get the product out the way that it needs to get out. And then of course, and I do work with a public relations person because I'm really terrible at promoting. And I think when you're an author, you need to know your strengths and weaknesses. I know what my strengths and weaknesses are. And one of my weaknesses is promoting my stuff. And I know that's more of a skill. Like you just, there's, there are things you can learn to do, but for me, it's just, I'm not good at it. I'm not good at that. And I need to push myself to do that. So I have somebody who helps me with that, but it is a team effort. And so that's a smart thing. People always say, don't skip an editor, find an editor, somebody that can edit your story. And same with marketing. If you're not good at it, you don't enjoy it. If you hire somebody that can help with that, it it takes the burden off of you. Yeah. And I'm not good. And you know what it is? I like it. I don't mind it. I really don't. I like connecting with readers, but I never know if what I'm doing is worth doing. Are people paying attention? What should I be sharing and not sharing? And I'm getting there. But I think because I was, I'm so, like many authors, concerned about the product I'm putting together and selling. But just tell people that you have a product and what the value is. And yes, I, I, and also with audiobooks, hiring an audio narrator, audiobook narrator. That's not what I do. And I'm very good about like, hey, this is your expertise, not mine. I trust you. I value what you're trained in. Do your job and I'm here to support it, like vice versa. I'm writing the book. You have to help me with getting that message out. So yeah, it is important. I think we do try to take it all on. And I think when people hear the word self-publishing or indie publishing, they think, oh my God, I have to do everything. The truth is everything's going to fall on you anyway, if your book's going to be successful. But at the end of the day, as an indie author, you have control over who those people are. Whereas with a publisher, and we can talk about this separately, I know we wanted to touch on this, it's a little bit different. But at the end of the day, you're not doing everything yourself. There's a team of people. So besides doing podcasts, what are some of the other marketing things you're doing? So I have my email list. I do, I am on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, and I try to post pretty regularly. I will do podcasts. I will also do presentations. I've done workshops. I want to do a little bit, I want to do more of those because those are really fun. And now that it's COVID, is on its way out, I hope, or at least things are opening up more in person has been great to connect with people, but I absolutely have no problem doing things online. Just trying to connect with people on the message of my book and as many people as I can get to, to talk with about that. 
I've also done, I've submitted my books for awards and actually Five Happy Choices won a book award, which was great. And things like just getting the word out is more, I think, than just emailing or sending stuff out on social media. It's connecting with people about your message and people who need to hear it or want to hear it. That's how word of mouth spreads. That's how things happen. And I think that's not something you can control. And I know people always say, at least in the book world, oh, this book was so great because word of mouth. And you can't really control that. You have some control over what you put out there, but it's not that one thing that hits the right spot in the market and for people and takes off. It could be anything. There's a little bit of luck involved. And it isn't, and I want to say this to authors who are listening, it is very frustrating. I understand because I'm an author also to try to control the end of that process. Like you wrote the book, you put it out there. Now you are trying to control sales. It's very hard because you cannot control sales. You actually can't control anything that happens after you put the book out there. All you can do is show up, give your, tell everybody what your message is, what your book is about, and hope for the best. Do the best that you can with what you have, but what, however the world is going to accept your story is how it's going to be. And they may accept a story that you didn't think was that great, or you were thinking, this isn't the one I thought was going to be so big and be a hit. And so you just have to trust in your ability and what you're doing and put the best product out there and make sure you tell people about it in a way that is genuine and authentic. And whatever happens from that point is out of your control. And you mentioned that you're doing the nonfiction book self-published, but you've worked with a publisher and you just kind of hinted at differences in what you're doing. So what are some of those differences? Why did you want to do this? self-published and what control are you finding different or what things do you wish that you had more help with that you used to have? What Some of those differences before we go into fiction, nonfiction part. Yeah, sure. That's a great question. And everyone has their diff- own experience, right? So the first book that I published, the first book I wrote, my debut novel, Choosing Evil, was the first book that went to a publisher. I didn't know any better. And I say this in a way there's nothing wrong with self-publishing, but I didn't even think of self-publishing. I'm like, I have to get a publisher. And I was following in the footsteps of all of my traditionally published friends. And I did a lot of different things. But what worked for me for this book was a Twitter pitch. I did a Twitter pitch. I got a bunch of requests. And then I had a publisher pick up Choosing Evil and its sequel, Breaking Evil. And it was a wonderful experience. I didn't know any better, meaning I just did what I thought I was supposed to be doing. And I got lucky that somebody wanted my book and paid me for it and all of those kinds of things. But this was also when self-publishing had just started getting big and I didn't realize all of the benefits that could come from that. And by the way, I have several friends who are ridiculously successful, more than traditionally published with self-published books. So there's, you can do it anyway, right? There's no right or wrong. It was a great experience. I loved my editor. I loved the people I worked with. Um, They were very supportive. They were very helpful, but I had very little under my control. There were things I had to give up control of, and I was totally fine with that because, again, I didn't ask, I didn't know any better. I hadn't had any other experience. This was my experience. And while I was with the publisher and I did two books with them, I went out on my own with a novella, Luring Shadows. And I decided to go under a group of self-published authors and we did a multi-series novella. So in other words, a multi-standalone series. So every book was its own book, but it was part of a bigger 
series. So the series was just the location and the characters and you could cross pollinate characters, but it was all different stories. I wrote thrillers. A lot of them wrote romance. That experience was so much fun for me because I got to do the cover I wanted to do. I was able to do a lot with the story that my publisher wanted me to do different things with my story. Like they wanted it to be in a different genre than I had written And so it was just a little bit more controlling. And you know what? As a new author, I was going to go with the flow. I'm going to do what you tell me to do because I want to sell books. And I didn't, and there was nothing wrong with any of it. They didn't do anything wrong. It was all good. But I think having had the experience of indie publishing, and I am a planner, I'm a driven person. I like to control the things that I have a responsibility for. What bothered me, and this is me and nothing against I would definitely do the traditional route again in the future. But what bothered me was that my name is on this cover and I have like very little control over the book, the cover, what it looked like, the edits, if there was an error, things like in print, anything I had very little control over. And there were some things that I was happy with and some things I wasn't happy with. So with there's more responsibility with indie publishing because it's all you but I have more control over it and I have multiple people looking at it. And so I take full responsibility if something isn't perfect or something happens, but I had a say in it. And right. that is what I wanted. Again, I wouldn't turn it down. It's just for this, at this point in my life where I wanted to do what I wanted to do and experiment creatively. I could write in any genre I wanted. Like I was writing in thriller, but I write science fiction, paranormal. I write domestic psychological thrillers, domestic thrillers. Like I'm writing all these different genres and that's not fitting under your typical brand with a traditional publisher. So it just was easier for me to indie publish. And I got my rights back and I indie published those two books. Nice. Okay. For our topic, we were going to talk fiction versus nonfiction. And I think it's interesting because I know a lot of authors just stick with writing non or writing fiction or nonfiction. And what I seem to see is when they write fiction, it's several books, a series, several series, that type of thing. Nonfiction, it's one, two, or three, but it's a limited number of books. But if they cross, a lot of times authors get the thought in their head, I'm an author, I write fiction, I'm going to write a nonfiction book about how to write. And they stick with that type of topic. But you went something completely different, mental health issues, helping people be happy. So why make the choice? To go nonfiction, first of all, when you've been successful with fiction, and why choose the mental health and something like that mm-hmm. as opposed to the million other things you could have chosen? That's a great question because I do, I have seen, I don't know if you agree, but I have seen a lot of fiction authors venture out into nonfiction, not and in the writing, but I've also seen some touch on other things they've had experiences with PTSD or anxiety, things like that, which is interesting to me. They usually partner with somebody who's got the background, but So yeah, that's a great question. I didn't, I don't feel, and I'm going to be very honest about this. I don't feel like I'm an expert on writing in any way, shape or form. I have my way of writing. I like to write. It's great. That's not my calling or expertise. Like I wouldn't, not that I wouldn't help somebody with that, but I feel like where I excel, where I'm educated, where I have experience is on the psychology side, is on the mental health side. And so writing thrillers was a passion of mine. I love it. It's so exciting, but I had a lot to learn. And I learned from all of these people. I feel like whatever you're going to write in nonfiction, at least for me, is what you're driven to do in life, what your calling is, what you're good at, what you're educated in, like you have something to offer. So for me, it was this, 
I had something to offer that I wasn't sharing. I have, I'm going for my doctorate in psychology. I have my master's in psychology. I have a certified professional coaching certification. I have a, a certificate in happiness studies, which again, took me all year long to get. These aren't little things I did online in like a class. I go in all in. I love this stuff. This is like all happening behind the scenes as I'm writing my thrillers and my experience in work. I have, I'm not going to say how many years it'll age me, but a lot of decades, a few decades of experience in leadership and behavior and performance and all of these things. So I have all of this stuff that no one's getting from me. And by the way, any friend who calls me is calling me about that stuff. I need help with this. What do I do about that? I'm coaching people. I'm helping them with employment things. I'm not sharing it with anyone else. And so I thought, you know what? This is crazy for me not to share. I want to share what I've learned and what my experience is. And by the way, I've also struggled with anxiety. I have panic attacks. That's a real thing. I had a, a really difficult time dealing with grief when my mom died. With COVID, I went into a panic. I've had my own experiences. I could be educated in everything in the world, but guess what? I'm human. Things are going to happen. And I have had these experiences. So I thought, why not take my writing training, my writing voice, my writing platform, and use it for good versus evil? Now, but I'm writing thrillers for evil. You know what I mean? And I say that as a joke, but it's true. It's like, why not use my powers for good? And yeah, I really wanted to just share what I've learned and what I have to offer. And that was what I had. A lot of other writers have writing experience to share. And that just wasn't my place. Like, I didn't feel like that was where I fit. I feel like I fit here. And so I went with that. I trusted my gut and I said, this is where I'm going to I'm just going to go out on a limb. It was a big jump. It was uncomfortable for me because it wasn't my comfort zone. I hadn't done anything like this before, but I knew every, like the material. Like it's very comfortable for me to talk about, to live, I live my life like this, learning, working on myself, all that stuff, um, experiencing things and figuring them out. That's just my whole life. I lived this way. So it was very natural for me to write this. I'm very comfortable in that sense, but sharing it was difficult. Because I hadn't ever shared anything. And we go through it. We talk about imposter syndrome all the time. I had major imposter syndrome with nonfiction. Who am I to write this? Who am I? And everyone was looking at me like, you have seven degrees in psychology. What do you mean? Who are you? But it's real. Who am I? Like, why should I be writing about happiness? Well, I'm not a Brene Brown or whoever that, and they're established people in the marketplace with their books, but it doesn't matter. You've got to come from a place of authenticity and passion and drive. And if you're of service and you want to help people, you got to get your story and information out. You're sharing information. Who, what's so bad about that? I feel like that's. I, yes, absolutely. And I love that you're using your training, putting it into this format, but it sounds like the book isn't so dry and textbook that you, we talked about this. You wanted to put it into more of a narrative. Do you think that is helping make it more successful than it would have been? Or do you think that people look at it as, eh, it's not real book or real self-help or anything like that? What's your thoughts, feelings on that type of thinking? I don't know. I've, and this is my personal opinion because I've only, this is my first one. I wanted, it was very important for me to get something out that was short, simple, and simple. I absolutely put references in there for different studies that were done and just a little bit. I didn't want to go heavy with that because I thought this isn't a journal article. I do think it resonated with people because I spoke to them. It was, I don't, I write in the third person. 
and thrillers. Okay. This is first person. Obviously it's actually second person. Cause I'm saying you it's second person. I am talking about my story. So it is more conversational. It is if you pick this up, I'm talking to you. I'm like, I'm talking to you right now. I feel like what I would not, what I would do differently for this. Cause this was meant to be a very quick and easy guy that you don't have to spend hours divulging into. You can just go and find it. Go, okay, this makes sense. Here's a story that I can relate to. Okay, let's move on. That's what I wanted it to be. But I do think in the future, my goal, and especially being in school now and learning, is to still do that conversational talk, but put a little bit more backing to it that is based in even more science and data and examples. I just didn't want to weigh it down. This was a five happy choices. It's, a, it's called the simple way to a happier life. I didn't want to make it the complicated way to a happier life. I, I don't want any book I write to be boring, but I think depending on the topic, you're going to have a heavier content behind it. This was something for me to, that was easy and quick to do. The journal's even bigger than that because it's all a workbook. But yeah, I think some people are, no one's, you can't please everybody. Some people are going to say, oh, well, it's not enough science. Other people are going to say it's, it's just the right amount of science or it's too conversational. I want to read a, a journal article those kinds of things. And everybody, if, if it's not for somebody, they shouldn't buy it. I really, I don't, I feel very strongly that this book is going to be a book that speaks to you or doesn't. And if it speaks to you, that's great. If you buy it, I hope that it helps you, but I don't want anybody. I want whoever buys it to be getting something out of it. Like the whole point was to help you. If you read it, <laughs> if you don't think it's going to help you, then I don't, then that's not something that I would want you to spend your money on because you work hard for your money. I don't care if it's a dollar or $10, like everybody works really hard for their money. Spend it on things that are going to make your life better. And if you feel like my book is one of those things, awesome. I'm happy that you picked it up. But that's how I feel. I feel like it's going to go to people who need it. It's going to go to people who are looking for something to help them. And that's really my goal in writing. I could write thrillers forever. And that was fine for me. Just like you said, I chose to do this for a different reason. It wasn't a It never should be in my mind about making money. It's about sharing your gift with the world. This is what I believe truly in my heart and how I live my life. My Part of my gift is writing, but part of my gift is connecting with people and understanding people and having empathy and helping them. I've always been a helper. And so I feel like that was my goal. If it sells a one copy, great. If it sells a million, awesome. But at the end of the day, I'm so happy, truly, and blessed that I finished it and got it out there. That was my goal. Nice. Did you find writing this easier or harder than writing your fiction? For me. Because why do you think? It was easier for me because it was, so all my life I have already been doing this. This is what I've been writing. I've been writing nonfiction forever, whether it's at work or in school or writing a blog post. I could write a blog post in a minute. Like it's, oh, this topic, pick a topic, blah, 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 done. And it's powerful because that's comfortable for me. Thrillers and writing fictions isn't so easy for me. I have to, I struggle with that. I always say like, I'm a C student, really working hard to be an A in thriller. I think in nonfiction, and not that they're not good. I don't mean it that way. Like my books are terrible or anything, but I mean that it's, I work really hard to get them there. It's not my second nature. Storytelling is, but getting it just perfectly on the page. I'm like an overthinker. I overanalyze everything because of the psychology. And so I can't get out of my own way. We know what that's, but with nonfiction, it was just, it was almost like I'm having a conversation with you and this is the message. And 
that message just came out so easily on paper. And of course, I had to do the work and back it with science and make sure it made sense and everything tied together. But it's very easy for me to write, like if I had to write a blog post for somebody or I had to write some an article, like that comes out nothing. So simple. But to write a short story, it takes, I love it. And I really love when I'm done with it and how much I am grateful for it, but it takes a little bit more effort on my part. That's okay. just my skill level and being honest. <laughs> uh, that's good because I think a lot of people that start fiction and move into nonfiction think the opposite, that the fiction starts coming easy because they've done it and they, their mindset is that. But you said you've got a couple of degrees and you're working on your PhD. So obviously mm-hmm. you're a professional in your field, which I think is wonderful to know that you're writing some books like this. Are you going to continue? What in the fiction world we get series. So in the nonfiction, you've got this beginning of a series. Are you going to continue with the same type of book in uh, happiness, mental health? Or are you thinking of doing other types of nonfiction? I'm going to stick with this. I think it's going to be it, everything nowadays is branding and what is your tagline, all that. And I, you think about this stuff all the time, right? But honestly, happiness is a bigger, there's a bigger picture to happiness. It's called psychological well-being. That's what really Five Happy Choices is about. I'm not going to go out there and say five psychological well-being choices, right? That no one's reading that. We're not picking that up. But I think behind the scenes, it's all about psychological well-being. It's all about health and wellness psychology, which is what I'm going to school for, which all ties together. And I think everything I write will be based on that. It'll be based on getting you from point A to point B in that you're going to feel good and you're going to live a a life that is good, living well, feeling good. Happiness is a feeling. We can't be happy all the time, but living a happy life, living what they call the good life. That's what it's like. It's referred to as the good life. It's really about just moving through life in a way that feels good and enjoying your life. And that isn't always, doesn't always mean you're happy all the time, but yes, it'll be around psychological well-being because that's where my education is. That's what I believe in. I believe that we are all searching for a happy life or to live a happier life or to be happy. And how do we get there is through these things that we can do and actions we can take for our psychological well-being to be balanced. And that is part of mental health. For sure, it's one of the pieces of mental health. And happily, there are things we can do to affect that. It's something we can change. It's something we can take action on. And I think when people hear that, they want, they feel hope because I think it is very easy, especially with COVID and everything we've all, and not just COVID, everything we've been through in the last, let's say five years, there's just been a lot of turmoil out there. And it's very easy. And especially if you're someone who's sensitive energetically to what's going on and you watch the news and you get upset or you just, there's, you go on Facebook and people are arguing. There's so much of that heaviness in the world. And a lot of it is for good reason, but it still can weigh on us mentally. I think we need a way out and we don't want to spend three years. Therapy is amazing and everybody who needs it should go. And I highly recommend it, but we want something we can use while we're going to therapy. We can use in our everyday moments because your therapist isn't there 24 seven, right? Your coach isn't there 24 seven. Your family and friends, they don't always want or have the emotional capacity to give to you what you need. So I think we have to learn to give to ourselves and to figure out what we need and take those steps. And so I will absolutely, I long-winded answer to your question. I think it's important for me, if I'm writing nonfiction, to stick with what I know and share what I know. That's 
my contribution. That's my niche where I'll go with it. Nice. Great. I love that. Your book sounds great. And I hope, wish you the best luck in it. And I hope some people listening will go pick it up. That's the whole idea. Introduce people to new books and authors. So before we go, do you have any last minute advice you would give to a new author that's saying, hey, I don't know what to do. Can you give me some advice? Help me out. Yeah. You know what? This is like advice for life, but it's advice for writers. And what's always helped me when I struggle with what do I write? How do I write? What do I do? It's First of all, if you want to write something, just write it. Don't worry about it. Do not worry about how good it is. It doesn't matter. You're going to write it down and you're going to fix it later. Get If you're writing fiction, get that story out. And the story you pick to write is the one that gets you so excited. Like it, it just, you feel it in your gut. This is, I want to write this story. That's the one you focus on and just write it down. Just get it out. It's going to be garbage because everything's garbage. The first draft, very few people write an amazing first draft. So just get it out. You fix it later. Editors will help you fix it. Get that story out. And if you're writing nonfiction, no matter what degrees you have, and you don't have to have any at all, it's not a requirement. Whatever you're writing about, share your knowledge, share what you share it with the world and do it from a place of authenticity and a place of something that you have a passion for, whatever that is. That's my recommendation is don't let anything hold you back. If you have something to say, if you have a story to tell, or you have information to share, just do it. You can clean it up later, but get it on paper because that's the hardest part is holding ourselves back and not putting something on paper because we're afraid of what are people going to think? I will tell you this right now. It's not your job to control what people think and how your book's received. It is your job to share your gift with the world and put it out there. And whatever it does, if it's a number one New York Times bestseller, awesome. If it sells no copies, that's okay too. You did your job. You shared your gift. So don't not share your gift because you're afraid of the outcome. We have no control over the outcome. All we have control over is whether we write it or we don't. So write it. Wonderful. I love that. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, Christina. Thank you for being on. It's been wonderful talking with you. And I hope some authors picked up some things about nonfiction moving from fiction. So I appreciate you being on. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. I appreciate it. Hi, if you enjoyed this episode of Discovered Wordsmiths, please support the author. Go to their website, go to Amazon, look them up, get the book. And if you click on the link that I have in the show notes, You'll also help support the podcast so I can keep the hosting and all the software I use and uh, keep it running for, to help more authors. When I am recording this, we've got over 100 episodes, lots of authors. Go to the website, discoveredwordsmiths.com. Check it out. There's a lot of great authors, probably in some genre that you love. See what they have. Check out their books. That's what the point of the podcast is for, so people can discover new authors find some new books they love, support the authors so they can continue writing. So please support them. And if you do like the podcast, if you've been thinking of podcasting or you're a writer, I've got some links also at the website. Click on those if you're interested in any of the software or services that I talk about. Everything that I have there is something I use. So I've got an affiliate link. Again, it's a little bit, if everyone clicked on those, if they were going to get it anyway, it helps keep the podcast going. So let's all help each other out. Discover more authors to read. Thank you for listening to Discovered Wordsmiths. Come back next week and listen to another author discuss the road they've traveled and maybe sometime in the near future, it might be you.